Hello there, my name is McNeil and you are listening to the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Here I invite different people to talk about movies. We talk about movies that are currently playing in the theaters and topics related to cinema. If you like this type of content, be sure to follow my podcast on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also support my podcast by telling your friends. And if you don't have any, you can tell your family. Thank you for listening. What's up, everybody? Today I'm here with my friend Trevor. Hey, what's up, guys? So if you listened to my podcast last week on the top 10 favorite comic book movies of the 2010s, then you're probably familiar with his voice. So Trevor's back today, and today we're talking about 1917, which is a movie that just got its wide release, actually tomorrow, but we saw it for the uh, midnight premiere, so to speak, uh, tonight, and uh, that's what we're here talking about today. It is a movie that has had a limited release on December 25th, Christmas Day, uh, so it is considered a 2019 movie, and it's going to be most likely in the Oscars, going to be nominated for something for sure, but yeah, so today we're talking about 1917, so did you did you enjoy this movie, Trevor? I did. Uh, I liked it a lot. I would say I liked it a little bit less than I expected. Okay. This was my highest anticipated movie of 2019, even though we saw it in 2020, but... Um, but it's a 2019 movie. Yes, so. it's a 2019 movie. Yeah. I definitely, I liked it a lot. It was a pretty well-rounded movie, I would say. Okay. And personally, I just think my expectations were too high. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat there. It's probably because, you know, I spent a lot of time on YouTube watching some people, you know, their reviews, their thoughts on things, how they rank certain movies of the year, franchises that they rank and stuff like that. But a lot of people were saying that this movie is like one of their favorites of the year, like their top three favorites of the year, one of the best war movies, sorry, one of the best war movies of all time. And I totally understand that. But I think because I saw all of that anticipation built up for months, you know, because it had press screenings and back in like November, people were seeing this movie then around Thanksgiving and it had the limited release on Christmas. And now it's been a couple weeks since then. And my anticipation, my hype has been built up a lot. And so I think I'm in the same boat with you there. I do really like this movie. I think it is uh, technically wonderful and uh, it's really outstanding, I'd say. But I couldn't quite get it to be like my favorite movie of 2019. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. It's definitely not my favorite movie of 2019. It's probably in my top 10, but I'd say. Um, and you and I see a lot of movies yeah, we that see come a lot out. Of so when we say top 10, we don't only see 10 movies of each year. We see probably. 40. Yeah, 30, 40. I think I've seen close to 40. You've seen you've seen a little bit more than me. Yeah, I saw a little more towards the end of the year. But anyway, so yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat there with you. My expectations weren't necessarily met because they were so high, you know. Yeah, it turned out to be less of a war movie as I expected. Mm -hmm. I expected it to be a smaller group version of Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. But it definitely wasn't. The tone of the movie was very different from Saving Private Ryan. Definitely. The tone of this movie coincides with the tone of some of my more of some of my favorite movies. Yeah. But I would say the way the movie was overall laid out, the tone didn't a hundred percent fit the general idea. I guess is the best way to put it. Okay. I don't know if I quite know what you're saying, but if it's if I had to, to explain. 
the best way I could explain this is that it wasn't like you were saying as much of a war movie as I thought it was going to be. It's not as intense. I thought it was just going to be brutal all throughout and it was just all out war for the two hour runtime. But it's more like they encounter aspects of the war on their journey to do their mission from point A to point B. And because of that, and I don't want to say this in a lighthearted way, I don't want no lighthearted context here, but it was more of an adventure styled movie than it was war, I would say, because it's more about a journey than it is about a battle. Yeah, you know? I, I didn't expect as much action as you did. I, I mean, I expected more, but I didn't expect as much. I knew it was going to be more of a journey type movie, um, just getting to point from point A to point B. Yeah. But it's still, it definitely, it had less than, it had less than even I thought it would have. Really? Um, yeah. The action sequences, they were, they were excellent, especially the final action sequence. The way the director did that whole thing, cinematography overall mm-hmm. in that scene was incredible. Which but scene are you talking about? The, the final, uh, the final action scene. The climax. Yeah. The climax okay. where he finally gets there, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, it's he's a little too late, but that scene was amazing. But that was just about the only scene in the movie that had much action. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely action sprinkled throughout here and there, but that was definitely the biggest action moment in the entire movie. The action definitely because that, it was the climax. Yeah, the action before that scene was a lot more one on one. Yeah, um, it was just him versus like one German that would pop out of the corner or something like that, or one German that would start shooting at him from far away and he'd have yeah to, when the two yeah. when the two soldiers are going across from um their uh, initial destination they they encounter multiple different germans and yeah they have to battle them so yeah i know what you're talking about it's kind of like more hand-to-hand combat in a way loosely i guess not really yeah. hand-to-hand combat it's more like you know some tension thrown in there in the mix to keep it going but i will say it's more suspenseful than it is you know action packed you know it's not as as exhilarating of a typical war movie it's more suspense building even when they're just walking the two of them when they're walking all throughout the movie you know it's it's suspenseful because you don't know what's going to happen what they're going to encounter or anything like that yeah and the score definitely pushes that for sure yeah so one thing i want to talk about is how this movie is designed. This movie is designed to be one continuous shot. It's not it's not a movie that was you know taken in one complete take. Like take one and they're done, you know, that's not the way it was done. It's designed to be a one shot, which to me is very impressive and I think that's my favorite aspect of this movie. It is a technical aspect, but it's still my favorite. Yeah, the cinematography was very good. I personally wouldn't say it's the best cinematography I've ever seen. Um, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for this specific movie, the design of it being in one continuous shot is very impressive, especially for a war movie that takes place in trench warfare. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. It was very well done. It was the idea itself is impressive. It doesn't even. When I heard that that was the route that the director was taking, that he just wanted a one long shot, it kind of blew me away. I was sitting there thinking, how on earth is he going to even do this? Yeah. Um, so I'd say the execution on that was very well done. 
Um, but personally, my favorite aspect of the movie would be the production design. The Yeah, that's probably a close second for me. Yeah, the layout of the set, if, if you will. I mean, the whole movie is outdoors, but the layout of the set is, I mean, incredible. The detail that um, went into it was, to me, the most impressive. And it's such a massive set. Yeah, and one thing to know about while we're talking about the production design is that no location in this movie ever repeats. They go from place to place to arrive at a very specific destination. And because of that, they film it outside to make it as real as possible. And they had to make all of the the architecture they encounter, all the landscapes, everything like that was crafted specifically for this movie. So yeah, I would definitely agree with you there. It's very impressive. But I think since his goal was to make this movie one continuous shot to make you feel as if you were there in the trenches with these soldiers, uh, I I think that was his big goal. And because of that, I think that's why it's my favorite because it's the thing that's there in front of your face. You know it's a continuous shot throughout the entire movie. Yeah, um, but for me, the production design honestly did that more so than the cinematography. Okay. It being so realistic with all the bodies scattered around and they're down in the dirt, it just completely made it made me feel like I was there. I understood war and the and the way that this war went down, the way they did things, the um the scenery definitely it it put me there more so than the cinematography did. Yeah. This is something I think that kind of connects the two like with the production design and the cinematography is the visual effects. If you think about in war there's bombs, explosions, all sorts of stuff happening. And they had to time all of this perfectly because it's a long shot. Yeah. You know? So when you see scenes of the soldiers running down a battlefield, you've got explosions coming from the background. They're tripping over people and all these other people running in different directions. So they had to time all of that perfectly in one specific take. Everything had to happen precisely, you know? Yeah, and you're referencing the climax, um, which we talked about earlier. But yeah, that scene was done... I, I honestly would just say perfectly. I mean, they nailed it. Oh yeah, um, every, for sure. Yeah, everything about that scene, with you know the production design, the timing, like you say, the yeah, the timing was phenomenal. Yeah, and if you want to know more about the technical aspects of this movie that we're talking about, you can look up on YouTube. There's a featurette trailer that's about four four and a half minutes long, and the director and the cinematographer themselves they explain everything that went into making this movie and how they did it, and there's behind-the-scenes footage is really interesting. And I remember you saw that for the first time in the theaters a couple months back. I think Mm -hmm. it's when we were seeing Dark Waters, Yeah, I want to say, because that's around the time they released that, I believe. But I've been telling you for a while, I was like, dude, this movie's in one shot. It's one long take. Not exactly, but it's designed to be like we've been saying. And I guess it just didn't register in your brain. (laughs) I didn't didn't put it together. I knew, like, he kept saying there was a movie that was coming out that was one long shot, and I was excited to see 1917, and I just didn't put it together that that was yeah. the movie he was talking about. But then we got there, and we saw the trailer, and, and as soon as the director said, and the best way to show this movie is in one long take. And I saw your mouth drop, and I was like, I've been telling you this. <laughs> yeah, after, after we watched it, um, or after I saw that featurette trailer in theaters, I probably watched it ten times at least. Just because it, it really did. It blew me away. I was sitting there. I kept rewatching it to try to figure out how is this, how is he even going to do this? It's so yeah. impressive. It's very ambiguous, I would say. 
How so? What do you mean, how so? I mean, I, I, I don't know. They're taking a risk, you know? That's something that isn't done very often. Yeah, they're, yeah, okay, now I see what you mean. Yeah, it definitely was a big risk as for a director's choice. Yeah. But with high risk comes high reward, and I would say that's exactly why this movie's done so well. Yeah, I think, I mean, when it comes to, like, awards, it should definitely get, you know, it's going to get nominated for probably director, cinematography, production design, mm-hmm. something like that. Is production design an award? It is. Okay, yeah, I thought so. Do you think it'll win anything in particular? Because I know it's going to be nominated for sure because I mean, of the time frame it was released. I don't know how it couldn't win cinematography. I mean, that's like the basis of this movie. Yeah. I mean, there's one I would really like to win for cinematography. What movie? Ad Astra. That's not going to win. I know, but I don't even know if that's going to get nominated, but the cinematography in that movie blew me away. It might just be because we saw an IMAX, but in like 1917, if it won, I wouldn't be unhappy. Yeah. You know? it, it definitely deserves it. My personal favorite, Ad Astra, probably because I really like space movies. But Yeah, I mean, I like space movies. I wasn't fond of Ad Astra. We're not even going to get into that. No, we're not. But but yeah, I mean, they're two different, completely types of cinematography, and you know, I think it is more impressive that they pulled 1917 off than they did Ad Astra. Definitely, because they didn't go to Neptune. <laughs> yeah, and Ad Astra, but they actually probably went to. I don't know if they went to the exact locations of uh, that entire story. Yeah, do uh, you know were they in Europe at all? Um, while they, when they were filming. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming so. I know the, the filmmaker himself is European. Yeah, based on the scenery, I haven't looked it up, but based based on the scenery, I would say so. Mm-hmm. They're they're definitely, I'd say they're definitely in Europe. I don't know if they're in that specific country. They were yeah, in- I wonder if they were actually, it'd be cool if they were in the same locations. I highly doubt that was the case. What what country but. were they in? Did they was specify? Because the woman that they ran into, that he ran into, was speaking French. She was. I believe she she was speaking French, and I so I at that point I just assumed they were in France. I think it said it at the beginning of the movie, and I just forgot. I know it's not Britain. No, definitely not. But these were British soldiers. Yes. So, but I knew they were in another country. I just wasn't entirely sure. Anyway, another thing I really want to mention is the the characters. I knew going into this movie that it wasn't going to be a character driven story. That was something that I heard in spoiler free reviews. And stuff like that. And since I had that expectation, knowing it wasn't going to be, the characters weren't going to be entirely fleshed out, I was still somewhat let down that I didn't get a little bit more out of the characters, I guess. But what I do have to say that I appreciated about not going into the depths of the characters, I guess, is that the movie was ultimately trying to make the viewers feel that they were there with them and you're just kind of thrown here in the middle of this situation and you go on this journey with them and it's more about the experience of being there than it is learning about these characters. That's that's my opinion though. But yeah. I know based off our conversation earlier, I think you might have a little bit different thoughts on that. Yeah. Um so I was expecting, you know, this big war, or a bigger war movie. I was expecting more action. Right. And with movies like that, you don't anticipate a lot of character development. Yeah. Because um, there's so much going on, it's it, it's tough for that to be for much of that to be in, included. Mm-hmm. So I didn't expect a whole lot. But then when the movie turned out to be much less action and more of a journey, these characters, the lack of character development 
definitely put a damper on how much I like this movie. Yeah. Um, I'd say that's my, it's definitely my biggest problem with the movie. Okay. Is, yeah, is lack of character development because there's so much time we spend with the characters. Yes. There's so much time we spend with the characters where there's not a bunch of action and a bunch of stuff going on Mm -hmm. that there was so much time for them to put at least a little bit here and there to let me understand and relate to these characters more as, as a person, not unless as a soldier, because you automatically feel for these characters because they're thrown in this situation that you can't even imagine being in because it's, it's so rough. It's so, um, it's just an experience that nobody would wish on their worst enemy, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, as a person, like these characters and their lives before and who they are and their personalities, I would have definitely liked to know um, more because when they started out, when the movie started, I liked the way they introduced the characters. Yeah. And I thought you got to know them pretty well right off the bat, but they didn't really go any further. Yeah. I will say that even though the characters weren't as fleshed out as much as I would have liked, there were some scenes where there was, I felt the emotion because so many things had happened to these characters that had built up throughout the entire movie. And uh, this was a scene you and I were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. but in that specific scene towards the end of the movie where you see how emotional that specific character is, I guess I should say I was thinking about it through the perspective of everything he had just experienced built up was let out from him at that point in time. You know, he kind of had a break for a little bit. And that's kind of where he was able to process. And there's, I would say there's two or three scenes like that. And depending on how much you like character development, they may not pay off for you. Yeah. And I, I don't disagree with you that that's, you know, it's very clear that that's what is making this character, you know, cry because with so much that's happened, he hasn't had time to feel anything. He's just, he's just been on the go. He can't think about anything else. He can't think about the way he feels. He has to get to his destination. Yeah. And that I I understand that, but I didn't feel that. There's a big difference for me. Mm-hmm. I'd say I'd say there's a big difference for most people. Understanding emotion is one thing. Feeling it yourself, that's the difference between sympathy and empathy. Yeah. I do think that some people, you know, especially people that have actually been in a war, they would be able to feel it. Yeah. Because they know what it's like. And if you look at it through that perspective, which is what I was doing when I saw these these particular moments happening, I was thinking about it as if what if that was me? You know, what if I had just gone through all of that? That's why I was able to feel it a little bit more than you, I think. Because, I mean, based off our conversation earlier, I think that uh, a couple of those moments hit me a little harder than they did you, I would say. Yeah, when I watch a movie, it's very rare that I put myself in the character's shoes. The way I do it, I more so, like, see the character as a close friend, as someone that I care about. And that's that's the goal. Mm-hmm. You want to care about the characters. Yeah. Because if you don't care about the characters, then why are you watching the movie? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a fair point. Yeah. So with this character, I don't know much about him. And if I'm supposed to care about this character, for all I know, he's... I mean, it, they make it clear he's not a bad guy, but that's a, that's about all you know about him. Um, he has a family, and, you know, that's about I it. I think this is kind of more of the goal of the movie was to tell the story of the journey and those characters, those not necessarily characters because there are people in real life. It was more, it was a journey about these two people and the circumstances they went through to get to their end point. 
you know? Yeah. And that's why to me, it was like, since it was, you were being just completely immersed into this uh, journey that I was okay with not necessarily having a ton of character development or really that much at all, even though I, I would have liked a little more, but I was okay with what they did. Yeah. The movie definitely put, it did, it did its goal, but I think it could have done better with relating to the audience. I would um, agree. I think, but I think it's catering to a more specific crowd. Like this movie may not be for everybody. I think if you're a war movie fan, you love war movies then you're going to like this movie. Yeah. Absolutely. But if you're somebody that's looking for something more like saving private Ryan or something like that, where you're getting those rich emotional payoffs, you're not necessarily going to, I don't want to say not enjoy this movie, but you may not be expecting the right things. You're not going to get those payoffs that you would get in like yes. in Saving Private Ryan in, yeah. in those types of movies. I would say this movie is strictly about putting you into this situation yeah. in with in with these characters going from point A to point B and witnessing what they had to go through. Yeah. It's to tell the story of these characters and to let you feel like you're with them. Yeah. Let me ask you this. This is something I kind of thought while we were talking about the development of the characters. Were you expecting some character development more along the lines of like uh, Hacksaw Ridge? Because I mean, no. I think that's my favorite war movie. I'm pretty sure it's your favorite war movie it's as well. It's definitely my favorite war movie. In regards to character development in a war movie, I think that's got some of the best. Absolutely. But so but... I was wondering if you were expecting anything along those lines because it, it, that movie isn't necessarily about like a team, like a specific war, like Saving Private Ryan or Black Hawk Down. Like Hacksaw Ridge is about the character of who Andrew Garfield is playing. What's his name? I can't remember, but... Um, I mean, I'm drawing a blank. I mean, that's irrelevant to, to this, but were you expecting something like that? Honestly, no, not at all. Okay. Because with Hacksaw Ridge, it was a war movie, but the whole movie wasn't about war. It was the last, I don't know, half hour was about war. The rest of the movie was about this character and his life, his upbringing, the primary focus of the movie was his moral compass. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't expect 1917 to take that route because I knew there wasn't going to be any, you know, backstory shown on screen mm -hmm. because it's one shot. Right. I did think they were going to touch on it some. I didn't need a lot. I just needed enough. To, okay. With, in 1917, I needed enough backstory and enough personality in the character to yeah. relate to him. Yeah. No, I totally see what you're saying there. But uh, yeah, I think this is definitely a movie that if you're a war movie fan, definitely check this movie out because it's got a lot you're going to like. It's unique. It's not something that you've ever really seen before from a technical standpoint. If you're just a general audience member and you're like, oh, you know, so the next war movie, this is going to be interesting. Make sure that your expectations are, you know, kind of left to the side. Kind of go in with an open mind, I would say, because if you go in with an open mind, I think you might be able to find uh, some some reason to really appreciate this movie for what it is. But if you're a war movie fan, I think you'd really like it. Yeah, and just to, um, just one last thing from me. Okay. Um, when it comes to, as, being, as an audience member, you know, um, going to see this movie, the best thing to focus on, I would say, is how real the movie is. Yeah. Um, with a lot of war movies, Saving Private Ryan is was is I'd say the most real war movie that I've ever seen. Um, it's one of one of them for sure. Yeah, and, but this movie does an excellent job at being 
accurate because mm-hmm. the one thing that I noticed was the casting. In a lot of war movies, they'll cast an older character or an older actor to play a younger character. Yeah, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, that's not a war movie, but Andrew Garfield. I mean, like, um, this, the concept in general. Yeah, you know? but uh, like, but Andrew Garfield, Hacksaw Ridge, you know, mm-hmm. he was older than the character he was playing, and most war movies do that. Even Saving Private Ryan did that. Yeah. But with this movie, these they um, hired actors that are young. and Or if they're not, they at least look the age. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and that's how war was back then. I mean, war wasn't a bunch of, you know, World War II wasn't a bunch of old guys going at, like, shooting each this other. This is World War One. Yeah, World War One. I. I don't know why <laughs> I said World War Two. World War One, they, it wasn't a bunch of old guys shooting at each other. It was teenagers, you know, from, like, 16, 17, yeah. 18 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, just kids with guns going after each other, and it... Definitely captured that, I would say, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think it also really captured, I would say World War One was kind of the pinpoint for when uh, modern warfare began. I would say trench warfare was kind of the start of the way war has kind of evolved throughout the past century and today. And I think it captured that idea, like where it all started, you know? Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree. Yeah. But yeah, if you if you're a war movie fan, check this out. Even if you're just a general movie goer, I would you know recommend it as well. What what would you say? Would you agree with that or definitely? Yeah, yeah, definitely check this movie out. But with all that in mind, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks Trevor. so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I guess people can find you on Instagram or something. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mentioned it on the previous podcast, mm-hmm. but I'll mention it again. Um, I have an Instagram. I don't really use it all that much, but it's. Trevor, T-R-E-V-O-R dot Vaughn, V-A-U-G-H-A-N. Mm-hmm. They could also follow you on Letterboxd as well. Yes. Actually, off the top of my head. You I... can follow Trevor on Letterboxd. You can also follow me on Letterboxd. Uh, my Letterboxd account is my name, McNeil Mulliken, and uh, Trevor's, I believe, is it just Trevor um, Vaughn? Or... It's actually Trevor the Geek. Trevor the Geek. All one word. All right. Yeah, you can follow both of us on Letterboxd. You can also follow me on Instagram at underscore McNeil, M-C-N-E-I-L-L, followed by two more underscores. You can give your feedback. If you saw this movie, let me know what you thought. Also, if you're interested in joining for a podcast, you can also send me a message. Um, And also, stay tuned uh, for the next few days to my next podcast coming out, which will have a few special guests, Trevor included, on the top 25 favorite movies of the decade, this past decade of the 2010s. It's going to be an interesting video. I'm going to keep it as quick paced as possible because there's going to be a lot of content to cover. So stay tuned to that. I hope you like what you listened to today. And as always, thank you for listening. Yeah.